right, welcome to the Greg Steer Youth Ministry Podcast. I believe in the power of the gospel and the potential of teens, and I also believe that the best way to get teens to grow is to get them to go. I encourage you, subscribe to the podcast, uh, review it, rate it. Uh, please do that. Get the word out about it. Uh, tweet it out there. Instagram it out there. Get it out there because we want everyone to be part of this movement until every teen everywhere hears the gospel from a friend. Super, super excited about our guest today. Uh, I have two friends on. Kathy Branzell is the president of the National Day of Prayer, NDP, uh, the task force, and she's been a longtime member of the ND NDP board of directors She's also serves as the vice chair for Dare to Share, so uh, our board of directors. So I need to I need to make sure I'm I'm uh, doing things well today. This may be a job review right here. Um, and she has other leadership roles that she's held: rapid response chaplain for the Billy Graham Evangelist Evangelical Association, the national coordinator of Love 2020, national facil facilitator of the Mission America Coalition. Um, man, she has done so, so much. She's uh, authored, co-authored five books on the topic of prayer, having raised two children with her husband, Russ, uh, which will make you a prayer warrior uh, when you're raising kids. Uh, Kathy lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and she's a really good friend, uh, not only to me, but uh, especially to uh, the president of our ministry, Debbie Brissina. They are uh, partners in crime against the forces of evil. And uh, just love that they're great, great friends and love having you as, as uh, my friend is too, uh, Kathy. So thank you for being a part of the podcast. It's an honor. I'm really excited about this. It's going to be fun. Just a, just a little bit of refresher. How did you first kind of get uh, engaged with Dare to Share? Uh, so we have a, a good mutual friend, Chuck Klein, who knew Debbie and who knew me and said to each of us, mm. you have to meet one another. I don't know what's going to happen in the heavenlies when it happens, but it's going to be huge. And so we came together, we met in Kansas City several years ago, and within 15 minutes, the Lord was already at work and we were just yuck, 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 strategy, 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 yep. right? Connection, relationship. And everybody at the table was like, how long have you guys known each other? And we were like, oh, about 20 minutes. <laughs> I remember, like I remember that. I was in the room in Kansas City. It was like, and you guys, it was like were, long lost sisters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And my heart just was completely saturated in um, all that Dare to Share was doing. And I just heard the Lord say, you're going to get to be a part of that. Yeah. And so I'm thrilled. And this isn't in the notes, but, you know, something that's just striking me now. I mean, it is, tends to be a very male-dominated ministry world. And sure. you two have, are two high-powered ministry leaders that connect on a, on a spiritual level, emotional level, relational level. But you also have probably a unique set of opportunities, but also challenges as women leading a major national ministries. And so it seems like, man, God has just used you in her life and her in your life to encourage each other uh, along the way in this battle uh, to, to reach this next generation. Absolutely. Iron sharpens iron. Iron doesn't have a gender. And yeah. so iron sharpens iron. So she and I just armor up every day and lock shields and run into the fight together. I love it. I love it. That's great. And, uh, you know, you You've gently rebuked me in the past 
because sometimes just out of muscle memory, I'll use the term, you know, this next generation. And you always have a comeback to that. I do. I, I, I hate the word next. Um, it's the now generation. I mean, I can't imagine how belittling it might feel yeah. to tell someone, no, no, have a seat, you're next. And Dare to Share is such an incredible ministry to take this now generation and remind them they've said yes to Jesus now. And the moment, the moment you call Jesus Lord mm. and Savior, you are now, you're living now. You, there is no junior Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, you have the same spirit as a 50, 80, you know, year old. And so you are running, you are serving, you are living out your um, your Christ-designed destiny right now. And so we get to run together. None of the nonsense of handing off a baton. Yeah, uh, That's not scriptural, mm. but running together is. And so I'm grateful that they're now. I love it. And we're actually seeing it right now as we, as we film this, uh, right. Asbury revival, you know, people, yes. young people, you know, teenagers and 20 somethings, they're not dependent on the junior Holy spirit. They're, they're getting excited, uh, focused on the Lord and set the pace for what may be the next great awakening. That's what I'm praying for and hoping for. And I know there's detractors out there. Is this real revival? I'm like, you know what? I pray it is. I hope it is. And we want to play our role well with that. But again, it's not the next generation. It's the now generation. Love it. That's right. That's right. So why, let me just ask you just an elemental question. Why is prayer such a passion of yours? Because without it, my life is worthless. Hmm. Uh, I know that I know that I know that um, prayer is our discussion with the creator of the universe, mm. the author of our days, the person who knit me together, the God whose image I'm created in and gave me this kingdom purpose in life. But if I'm not listening, if I'm not learning, if I'm not this ongoing disciple and don't go to him throughout the day, not just daily, but throughout the day, I'll misstep. Uh, all that I do will be absolutely worthless. Mm. And so um, I learned that at a very early age, was very dependent on God, my, my Abba father, as my father was a colonel in the military mm -hmm. and gone a lot, being in special forces. And, um, and so just having the presence of a heavenly father was very strengthening and powerful and made me bold and courageous as a child who could have been very weak um, without the conversational prayer that I got to have with my heavenly father mm. when I couldn't talk to my earthly father. So powerful. And, you know, just to kind of go with the military conversation, I remember the real, probably the first real significant conversation you and I had, we had a gathering of leaders up in the mountains and you were getting out of your car and, and coming in to talk about prayer and to kind of lead a time in prayer. But I found out you had a somewhat of a military background yourself. Do you want to just share a little bit about that? Not somewhat, well, you had a I, military background. Yeah, yeah just, uh, just understand. So growing up a military brat, which I never understand that term because we are far from spoiled. Mm -hmm. We are very, very sacrificial as a military family. Um, you give up a lot of things, and um, but you're serving. Yeah. And so a uh, brat to me is a born ready, 
alert and, uh, you know, uh, training, training up. And yeah. so I felt that way my whole life. And from the time I was very little, wanted to fly SR-71s. Mm. I wanted to serve God and country and fight the enemy. And I made every decision growing up in my life all the way through high school to try to get to fly SR-71s and serve God and country. Mm. And I was on that track, uh, learned to fly, all of these things. And then um, we found out I was night blind. And in, in a moment's time, 15 years of work came to a crashing halt. And um, uh, just since then, making a very long story short, it's just realized that God has me flying in the heavenlies, you know, outside the atmosphere as the 71s did in prayer, yeah, fighting for this country and kingdom uh, and fighting the real enemy. So I am grateful for that. But I, deep I, military background with my husband and my father. I love it because, as you know, I mean, I wasn't in the military. I do come from a military family. My my dad was a sergeant major, last POW released from the Korean War. My, I have three uncles that were in the military. It's just kind of in. I, I love it. I use I the best compliment I ever got was from a, one of my buddies in special forces that started volunteering at Dare to Share. And he goes, "You know what I like about Dare to Share?" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "You run like a military op." I'm like, "Yeah, oh yeah!" You know, I was all yes. pumped yes. up. But uh, That's right. we talked about, uh, you know, General Norman Schwarzkopf in the Gulf mm. War, that before they sent in a ground troop, they, they had 100,000 bombing missions. Uh, they dropped right. 88,500 tons all over, you know, every target in Iraq, took out their eyes and ears. And when the ground troops came in, you know, right. I mean, the Iraqi soldiers were surrendering to CNN troops. And so... You know, from that square yep. one, when I realized that's what that prayer was, does, that's what prayer does. And that's we go uh, in and we clear the ground and we see where the enemy is and we start taking them out. Prayer comes it. in and, and it clears the path for so, us to go running in. I don't know if you remember, but I nicknamed you at that moment. I said, okay, you're the, you're now the captain of our prayer force. You're the, the leader <laughs> of that. And uh, thank you for helping infuse that uh, prayer DNA deeper. Um, into me, into Debbie Brasina, our president, into the whole ministry, and and with other ministries as well. But we we are very grateful for that. So, so what, let's let's shift a little bit to intercessory prayer. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I always joke around. I was like, you know, praising God is like it's like going to the club for Christians. I mean, we love it. You know, we love the music. We love praising the Lord. Uh, we naturally pray for our own needs. You know, kind of that supplication prayer. Often intercessory prayer gets left out. Um, you know, uh, unless we're praying for Aunt Susie's broken arm, which we need to pray for that as well. But what makes intercessory prayer so needed, necessary, unique, and powerful? Mm. Yeah, so understand that intercessory prayer does what we never could. That in this um, what seems to be hurting, hopeless world, mm. Uh, I want to talk to students as you're going to campus and you know so many things that are going on on your campus. You can do absolutely nothing about. You have no authority. Mm. You don't have the resources. You don't have the influence, the relationship, whatever it is. Well, God does. And so what intercessory prayer does is first it takes our eyes and hearts off our own self 
Um, you know, because prayer is not mm. running into the throne room of heaven every day, handing Jesus a to-do list on how he can make you happy and running out the door again. Uh, that is not prayer. Um, and so what intercessor, uh, intercessors do is they come in, they come in from the air. They see all that's out there, all the wrongs that need right, all the needs that need meeting, um, all the things that are going on. And they pray God's kingdom come will be done into those situations. Mm. They pray the glorious riches of heaven into those situations. Um, and, and so it takes your hands, your needs of your friends, your school, your neighborhood, your family, your church, everything that you watch on the news and hear on social media and you take him and you hand it to God mm. who can do all things. Man, I love that. And it just, it, it set a new thought in my mind of like, we we're always telling youth leaders to make sure you incorporate intercessory prayer into your youth group, right? Like take time to pray for the lost, take time to pray for each other, but to mobilize prayer missionaries. And it, it made me think of my wife who's been a public school teacher at the same school for 29 years. She told me, she goes, I walk the hallways and I pray. And I, when kids are taking a test, I walk up and down the aisles and I pray for each of them by name. And I pray for their souls and I pray for their lives. And she can't stand up on the desk and give the gospel. She could do it once uh, before she got fired. Um, but how many of those kids started conversations with her about God because she'd been praying for them? Our students right. can start out as prayer missionaries, praying like... Students that don't feel empowered to change the cutting and the drugs and the depression and the anxiety are empowered to unleash a tidal wave of right. Trinitarian power that will flood the hallways of their school. And praying exactly. for it gives these kids a sense of, I mean, power, divine power uh, that, right. man, I can, I can do something about it through prayer. God can do something about it through prayer through my right. prayers. So I really get right. it. Oftentimes the word is supplication. Yeah. And people are like, oh, what a fancy word. But it comes from the Latin word supply care. Mm. And so when you don't have the resources, you don't have the power. I mean, really think about even going in, mm. in prayer uh, before school, every single day, while yeah. you're at school, every single day. And as your words hit God's ears, he is commanding. Yeah. heaven's army yeah. to flood your school and to fight the enemy. Love it. There's nothing more powerful. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's awesome. So let me ask you this. Is there like a go-to passage of scripture when it comes to prayer that really that you, I'm sure you have several, but just one that you like, this really communicates my heart and passion and the need for prayer. Is there like a go-to passage you have? So, well, interesting, right this second, you know, it's the one that we base this National Day of Prayer theme on. We couldn't believe that this passage had never been used mm. because, you, you, you know, you can't go to a, a prayer meeting without hearing Second Chronicles 7.14, that if my people who are called by my name, mm. prayer. But right now, my heart is sitting in James 5.16, where it ends by saying it's a promise the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. 
And when you get into the original language of all that, which you and I love to do, first of all, the word man is human. So uh, no, nobody get offended, you know, offended here. It's, it's in his righteousness. Mm. He became sin who knew no sin. Jesus became your sin mm. for everybody listening. He became your sin who knew no sin that we could become his righteousness. Mm. And in that rightness of thinking and feeling and speaking and acting, the rightness aligned with God in the fervent prayer, that is a heartfelt, that's not like a frenzy or a chaos, but in this heart poured out prayer to God, we avail much. And that word much, you're like, well, how much is much? You know, because people go, oh, I love you so much. You know, oh, I want that so much. Um, really need a Starbucks coffee right now so much. <laughs> I think you and I have said that a few times, Greg. Yes. What is much? So the same word in the original language, this word much about how our prayers avail much mm. is the same word in, in New Testament that is used to compare with um, God's glory, God's mercy, mm. and our reward in heaven um, and several other things. That's so much. And so what else could I do that would ever avail that much? And so that's really where my heart is when you think, oh, what else could I do? What else could I do? I want to make sure you dump, jump back in there and, and you pray and you listen and linger in listening to God to hear what part he's going to let you get to play in his much. I love it. And and you, I love in that passage when it talks about Elijah was a man just like us, True. that he was human, but he, how much God did in and through him. Right to pray and stop the rain for three years and pray again and bring it back. And man, much, much, much. Right. So what are some like youth leaders, you know, we all want practical takeaways. Like what, what do we do? What are, do you have any like disciplines that help you, um, you know, make prayer that priority intercession, praise, what, whatever, what are some of those disciplines that have helped you personally that may benefit some of the youth leaders listening right now? Um, I prioritize prayer every morning. That is, you know, um, I have many opportunities in my life. I've removed the word busy from my language, but um, my schedule is full as are many of our youth yeah. and youth pastors, by the way. But my prayer time is a non-negotiable. Mm. There is no use in stepping foot out your door um, unprotected uh, with, without your marching orders every day and having first... Um, and here's what I, what I want to hear people understand about mm -hmm. prayer as well. So I'll kind of answer a double question. Praise reminds us of who God is. See, I think there's a massive identity crisis going on in the world right now. And even within the church mm -hmm. that many times we've forgotten how mighty and magnificent our God is, how powerful, loving but, but just how he watches over us, not like he's waiting for us to mess up. So many of us think that, that he's just waiting for me to goof up so he can discipline me. But he's watching over you with so much love and so much authority and so much power mm. for you. That strengthens you up in the day. It's like walking down the hall and you see the bully coming, but you turn back and you see God's got your back. Mm. Right? That that there's people of authority standing in the hallway so you're safer. That's what praise does. 
And, and then the second item is to remember who you are in Christ. And so when you're praying and you pray scripture, that's another priority. So making it first in your life in the morning and praying God's word. So you're praying truth, not preferences or opinions, something you might have read or heard somewhere that there's no cultural camouflage on you, but you're armored up in the word of God. So you know who you are in Christ, that you're an amazing workmanship of him, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And what you're called to do, that there is this, this, uh, you know, you are clothed in Christ heading off to campus Mm -hmm. every single day. And so in that you are walking in the power of who God is and the truth of who you are in him. Mm -hmm. And with a compassionate heart, having prayed for others. And so that is, those are three very important pieces. And then the fourth one is this um, thanksgiving Mm-hmm. Is this gratefulness because we're so dismayed, we're so discouraged. Um, depression is is consuming right now when we don't choose, realize nobody, mm-hmm. nobody controls your mind. You get to decide what you think about. When we choose to think about Christ and think about our blessings and think about who we are in him mm-hmm. and the incredible assignment we have here, then that that chemically changes your mind and there's a strengthening in that and the last thing i'll say is pray all day um lots of people play the high low game at dinner or you get in the car with mom or dad and they go how was your day we go fine mm-hmm. but that's an opportunity to pray together here was the greatest part of my day mm-hmm. the high point of my day here was the low point of my day uh, here's what's going on in my life can we pray about it Pray about it right then. Pray about it while it's happening and grab a prayer partner and pray about it so that you're doing something about it and not letting it fester mm. and not letting it try to take victory over your life. I love that. And I love I love the idea of really prioritizing prayer before you go out the door, that it's, you know, you're already armored up. And uh, I heard Chuck Swindoll preaching one time on that passage. I think it's First Thessalonians 5.18 to pray without ceasing, 17 or 18. And that that's the same Greek word without ceasing doesn't mean nonstop. It's the same Greek word used to describe a hacking cough. You know, you don't just have a cough, uh, you know, perpetually. But when you got a cold, you have a cough that happens throughout the day consistently that our prayers need to go up like that. And uh, what a good, what a great reminder. What, what prayers, do you have like a, a prayer resource or two that you would you would recommend youth leaders that want to dive deeper into this subject of prayer that you would recommend? Oh, there's so many great ones out there. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll take a moment for, uh, there's, um, the one that I wrote for educators, it's a 365 devotional. And so not to be self-promoting, um, but it seems to be one of the few out there specifically for educators called an apple a day, but, Beyond that, because youth have, leaders um, should be educators. I mean, they're exactly. educating these students. Yeah, that's great. Completely and completely relevant mm-hmm. in each of the devotionals and the prayers yeah. for 365 days a year. Um, for anybody, quite frankly, that works with with children or youth. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there are incredible prayer guides out there. You can go to uh, Dare to Share puts out beautiful. 
uh, information and prayer prompts. And I would just say, you know, grab on to, to various pieces. But quite frankly, the word of God yeah. is your greatest guide in prayer of of what is truth and how to pray that truth, um, that power uh, over someone else and in your own life and um, and being able to lay down at night and rest um, throughout the night by mm-hmm. saying, Lord, I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I'm just going to hand it over to you because there's nothing I can do about it tonight yeah. that would be any better than just giving it to you and getting a full night's rest. And so I just think that so uh, praying the word of God is, is your greatest resource. Well, and I think, you know, I kind of look at my, I had my daughter, she was like, She's like, Dad, I've I've never heard God speak to me. I'm like, well, you read the Bible, right? She goes, yeah. I go, well, he speaks to you. I go, you know, when I read scripture, I mean, I'll pray, I'll read, I'll think about that, and I'll talk to the Lord about that. I mean, it feels like a conversation because you're thinking about his word to us. You're sensing his spirit guide, right? But you're also speaking his word and, you know, having that conversation about your life back with him. And it it becomes, you know, you and I both had a kind of a father gap. Uh, yours because he was gone a lot. Mine because I never knew him. But I do think there is that special kind of place that God allows us to really engage with our dad, our ab, our, ab, our daddy, papa, you know. And it's Absolutely. such a great place of uh, intimacy. Tell us a little bit about, now, a lot of youth leaders are very familiar with Sea at the Pole. Kind of kicks off your school year. You know, the third Wednesday okay. of September with prayer. Well, National Day of Prayer is on the, the end of that, that's toward the end of that school year. Tell us a little bit about NDP and uh, how youth leaders could get involved with National Day of Prayer. Because I'm just imagining these things as being potential like bookends of prayer. Right, to the school year. To the school year. So tell us a little bit about Absolutely. that and how youth leaders can find out more. Yeah, that's great. So National Day of Prayer, a lot of people don't know it's a law and they confuse us with what happened in February, the presidential prayer breakfast. Mm. That's not us. Um, That only happens in D.C. for a couple hours. But the National Day of Prayer is an actual law since 1952. And so students, teachers, anybody everywhere can be involved in National Day of Prayer because the president of the United States must proclaim a day of prayer for the nation. And so having our students, you know, meet up before school, during school, after school, praying for our nation, that's some powerful praying, mm-hmm. especially since they are leading now, living now, and are the future, uh, you know, leaders in government and all of the various spheres of influence. And so we are grateful for that. Um, you can always go to nationaldayofprayer.org. We've got our, our prayer guides. We've got our national prayer for this year. Would love to see that posted in classrooms um, around the world. And uh, just want to encourage, there's so much, and we pray for education and we pray for our younger brothers and sisters. May is a pivotal time yeah. in the life of a student of all ages with graduation coming up or, or transitions coming up, summer jobs, yeah. future decisions, on and on it goes, uh, prom. And uh, so we are praying diligently for you, and we'd love for you to pray fervently with us. That's awesome. Yeah, go to nationaldayofprayer.org. I think uh, oftentimes youth leaders probably are not even aware of that. It seems like something for 
you know, the older generation, but it, we need to make it something for young and old. Uh, and it's, it's really cool that it's a law. So, I mean, oftentimes we're really hard on the U S you know, prayer got kicked out of schools, this and that and the other Christians didn't get kicked out of schools and prayer didn't get kicked out of schools. That's right. That's right. And, uh, as long as there are pop quizzes, there will be prayer at school. Exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I want to introduce our youth leader guest, uh, Francisco Jimenez Pena. Uh, he is a passionate gospel advancing leader in Dayton, Ohio. He lives with his wife, Shelly, and their children, Jacqueline, Nicole, and Francisco David. Saved at the age of 12 in Madrid, Spain, under the ministry of a U.S. missionary. At age 15, he felt God's call to missions. At 19, served as a youth leader, assistant pastor, missionary, church planner in southern Spain. 2015, he moved to the U.S. with a call to reach and mobilize students from every culture for the gospel. And he and Shelly now live that calling out as word of life missionaries. I, Francisco is a friend of mine, and I love this guy because he's got a heart for Jesus. He's got a heart for the now generation, and he's got a heart for prayer. Mm -hmm. And so... Francisco, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Thanks for being a part of this. And uh, any questions or comments, this conversation is now between you and Kathy. So, Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And what a joy to be listening to this conversation. And Kathy's in your heart. Your passion for prayer is such an encouragement. And, and I love your passion for the now generation, as you were saying with us. Uh, so, yes, I love it. When we think about prayer, and I think of those verses with the Lord Jesus uh, talking about um, the relationship with the Father and how we are invited into this conversation uh, within the Trinity and to align our hearts with the story he's writing for the gospel. So, uh, when you talk about the now generation and uh, us as youth leaders, we invite our teenagers, like the Lord Jesus did with his disciples, to, to pray with us for them to see how we pray, how we are invited into this amazing conversation and story that uh, our King Jesus is writing. And, and we can align our hearts with everything he's doing. And, and it's when intercessory prayer really uh, is lived out because the more we, the more time we spend in prayer, listening to the story that King Jesus is writing, we start praying his prayers, right? And we become aligned with with that passion to reaching the lost. So, what would you say to youth leaders that they want to lead the way in prayer um, and invite their teenagers to their prayer life? Yes. My question for you will be: I'm very curious to know what do you do to invite others to see you pray mm -hmm. that's great to embrace the lifestyle of prayer like jesus did with his disciples that's the most important thing you can do um it, because we say prayer is caught not taught okay yeah. so i can get up and i can talk to you about what praise is what thanks is what intercession is that's one thing but you're kind of like huh? But if you hear me praise, if you hear me mm -hmm. intercede for other people, as you hear me give thanks and supplication, people are like, oh, that's what that sounds like. It's, you know, it's a showing instead of just a telling. Mm -hmm. And so 
um, as we mobilize prayer, as we bring people together in agreement prayer, inviting your youth group, inviting other people in. Now, it's terrifying to pray out loud. Many people are like, I'm not sure I must say the right thing. I, I don't like talking in front of other people. I don't know my Bible that well. There's no wrong way. You're having a conversation. You're talking to God just like you talk to your best friend uh, w- with yeah. respect. But you're, you're, you're going in and you're having a conversation with someone who loves you more than you'll ever understand. So even if you stumble over your words, not a big deal. Just talk to him. Just hand it over to him. And so the greatest thing you can do is have praying aloud, um, not just aloud, like <laughs> you have permission, but praying out loud mm-hmm. um, so that everybody hears each other pray and they can be in agreement with it and learn from that prayer. Amen. Uh, yeah, I love it. I, I think many times when the Lord Jesus was praying in Gethsemane, uh, just in the battle, before going to the cross and how he invited at least three of his disciples to, to pray with him. And so to see that happening and when our students uh, see our hearts, when we pray for the lost, uh, I think that's vital. So that's a huge blessing. Uh, when we talk about, about prayer and having this conversation with our, our King, with our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, um, what is the part of listening, the role that listening plays in your in your prayer time? Because if we invite our teenagers and, well, this is what we're going to do and we need to pray about this, instead of really listening to God and say, let's take a time to, to be alone with the Lord and mm-hmm. really hear His voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if prayer is an exchange of wishes with our Heavenly Father, when our wishes become His, or His wishes become our wishes, uh, what is the, 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 that role of listening in your prayer life and how you can give us that advice to you leaders to, to teach our students to really listen? Sure. So... You know, the easiest example for them to understand, because everybody has this person in their life, unfortunately, that only comes and talks to you when they want something. And they come up and they let you know how you can improve their life, how you can do something for them. And then they go marching off. And there wasn't even like a good morning or is there anything I could do for you? Or how are you today? They just their only relationship and it's not really a relationship with you is when they need something. And, and, mm. and so everybody's been involved in a conversation that wasn't a conversation. It was a lecture and prayer's not a lecture. We don't lecture God. And so with that understanding in mind, um, and, and when Greg was talking about it, when we were talking about praying scripture, this is very helpful because there's a lot of jibber jabber going on, um, in our heads, yes. you know, that, that movie inside out is everybody's brain. Cause you've got all these voices and all these insecurities and all this stuff going on. And so to be able to quiet your brain, if you open the word of God, if you can give them as a youth leader, uh, two, three, one scripture and say, what is God, what is the scripture saying? This is knowledge. This is information. Okay. How does that inspire you? What is that saying to your heart? Um, that's inspiration. 
okay, now we're going to be quiet and we're going to listen to God and you're going to say, Lord, what is my application? You've given me your word, the information, and you've touched my heart with it. I know I need to improve in this area, or I know I really, really, really want to share the gospel with my friend and I'm terrified, or I, this is going on in my life and I need your help. And so, Lord, I'm going to sit here and be quiet and just see what you have to say to me about my life, my need, my school, my lack of courage. Strengthen me, Lord. I want to hear you speak over me and speak into my life. So there can be application and that causes transformation and just tell them that uh, to write it down. That's a really good practice is okay. Then all of a sudden for adult, like all of a sudden we're thinking about what's for dinner or oops, I didn't do my math homework or whatever it is. Okay. Write that down. Don't let it be a distraction. Pray it. Uh, The greatest lesson I probably learned about my prayer life is if something comes in, if something sneaks in, Not to let it run off with you, but for you to grab it and take it to God. And so let them know that whatever's going on in here, they just take it to the Lord and then they're quiet again. Maybe he wanted to remind you, you didn't do your math homework. Uh, Maybe he Mm. wanted you to ask for help on that test. Maybe he reminded you about your friend who told you their parents are arguing all the time or that they're cutting or whatever the situation is, God's saying, hey, talk to me about your friend so-and-so. Hey, talk to me about your your fears, because I'll be your strength. And so practicing listening, but realizing that he talks to us much more than we really understand is important. This has been really, really good. Um, I, I don't like cutting this off, but... Uh... I think we've given youth leaders plenty to think about. Francisco, those are excellent questions and comments and insights. I appreciate you uh, being a man of prayer and uh, Mm. the fact that you're working with Word of Life as as a missionary. It's exciting to me um, and how God Mm. has used you in Dayton and beyond and will continue to use you in a powerful way. So thank you for being a part of it. Kathy, thank you so much for your insights and that's not in the script, but would you mind, uh, as we wrap up, that would you pray for the youth leaders listening to this right now, watching this right now, that God would infuse prayer into their personal lives, their family lives, but also their ministries and their students? I would love to. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for um, all of our youth leaders and for such a beautiful, powerful assignment, Lord, to get to speak Amen. truth and life. Mm into so many people, our younger brothers and sisters, and help them to become bold and courageous to be gospel advancing warriors on their campuses, uh, on the ball field, where they hang out, where they work out, wherever they go, Lord, where they're working in their own families, for their neighbors and this nation. And so, Lord, I ask that you continue to speak into the lives of our youth leaders that you continue to give them creative ways to remind our younger brothers and sisters, this now generation, that history belongs to the intercessor, that their prayers are writing the history books of tomorrow, that the power and the glorious riches of heaven are just a whisper away. And so strengthen them, I pray. Give them all that they need. Let no insecurity have a foothold in their life. 
but let them be saturated in your word, your will, and your ways, and your love. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. 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 Kathy, thank you so much for being a part of it. Francisco, I really appreciate uh, you as well. And remember, youth leaders, that a thriving youth ministry is a prayer-fueled, gospel-advancing, disciple-multiplying youth ministry. So go pray it up, put it into practice. Thanks for tuning in.